everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Eat, Drink, Write, an Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. We're going to be talking about theme in this episode, but as usual, first things first, how was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. I feel like I lost the day in there. They all kind of run together. So one of them is just gone. I don't really know what happened to it. <laughs> Other than that, it's been okay. I've been like really restless lately, so I haven't gotten any writing done. Work is still like, I'm still working on getting ready to gear up and go back on the 15th, which is pretty soon. So there's that. But overall, it was, it was decent. It was pretty good. What yeah, about you? It was long and short at the same time. I, I've never seemed to have enough time to get ready. I'm like, how is it already the end of the week, you know? Right. But uh, doing lots of things. Um, our main Thing that's going on right now is we're remodeling the house. We're having entire new siding and gutters put on. Um, on Friday, we had brand new front door, front door windows, and every window in the house has been replaced. So yeah, the pictures look amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, we couldn't podcast on our normally normal day because they were in and out of every. That's why this room is a wreck again. Everything got. <laughs> thrown into different rooms because they were in and out. We had to clear everything away from every window in the house. So that was exciting. Yeah, I bet. Um, and then on Monday, they're going to start doing the siding on the outside. So I've still got to clean off the deck or push the stuff away from the side of the deck so that they can tear down all the siding. And it's pretty much going to be a brand new house. So we're excited, but it's going to be yes. a long week. Yeah, it sounds exhausting. And then I made lots of masks. My masks have been selling. I've sold out of some designs already. Who knew coffee designs would be the thing to do? Yeah, listen, everyone runs on caffeine, so. <laughs> yeah, so I went and got more coffee uh, fabric. I'll be making a bunch more masks to put up this week. Um, I ran out of dogs, too. These cute little <laughs> dogs on black, little white dogs on black fabric, and sold out of those. I mean, I had, okay. I mean, they're adorable. They are. They're very cute. I like my mask designs. There's a lot of them out there, that, out there that are pastels and flowers and, you know, and that's great because a lot of people like those things, but that's not my style. I like the bold, you know, rich colors. So I've got all these beautiful masks. Um, yeah. They're still up for sale for our listeners. If you all want to buy any, there's 10% off. Just use the coupon code EDWPODCAST. Um, at checkout and you'll get 10% off. I wonder if we could get fabric with our logo on it. <laughs> I, I know we can. Oh, that'd be fun. I can do that. That'd I will work on that. Okay. All right. I will do that. What are you eating and drinking today? So I just made homemade sweet potato chips. I just, so I slice it up by hand and I've decided that I now need to buy a uh, vegetable slicer. We um, have one, yes. Yeah, so I, I need to buy one of those. I think that's my next Amazon buy. And then, so I just toss it in oil and just salt them, and they're they're amazing. They're delicious. Did you bake them or fry them? Uh, I baked them. Okay. So they were pretty good. Baking was, I think, easier than frying, because I think frying would take a lot more effort. Yeah, and it'd be a lot less healthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. these, turn, they turned out really good. Some of them are very crunchy, some of them are soft, but it's like they're, the flavor is delicious. And I think I'm going to play around with like different seasonings on them. And, and that I mean, thing. you could do, I, I love sweet potatoes with the powdered sugar on them. Yeah, yeah. You could do a sweet batch. You could do the savory batch. Right. Mm, that sounds wonderful. Delicious. And then I'm drinking a lemon white cloth. Lemon white cloth. How do you like the lemon? Is it good? 
Lemon is great. I think the citrus ones are my favorite. So there's like ruby grape, grapefruit, and then lime, and then lemon, and those are those are my favorites. I might like the ruby grapefruit because I'm a big um, grapefruit fan. What's that drink that you make with grapefruit juice? Oh, I'm gonna have to do that one. The salty dog. <laughs> I'm gonna oh. have to, I'm gonna have to make a salty dog. What's in that? It's grapefruit juice and vodka. Oh, that's and it. Salt on the edge. I don't know if there's more in it or not. But that's probably all I could put in mine because yeah. I being keto, I right. can't do a sweet syrup or whatever unless I do it with keto sugar. That's true. So let me tell you what I am eating. Yes, what are you eating? I am so excited. This is bacon wrapped onion rings. Oh my god, those look amazing. I love onions. And I love onion rings, but I thought that I could never eat onion rings again because of the breading on them. And I came across <laughs> this. But, yep, your bacon. <laughs> this keto recipe, you just wrap it in bacon and you bake it in the oven. So, and you put it up on a, on a rack so the grease all drips down. Let me tell you, I have I found. Feel like, I feel like you could probably replace any breaded item and just, just put bacon on it and you're solid. You're good to go. I think so. So that's what I'm eating, and I've changed it up this week. I'm drinking oh. blonde beer, which is not keto, so I can only have one. All right. But I usually like these. I really like beer at football season. Yeah. It's that flavor of fall to me, but yeah. I wasn't feeling the wine today, and I didn't feel like attempting to make keto drinks and getting wasted before the, <laughs> the podcast <laughs> even showed that started because I... <laughs> have issues with the recipes. I don't like it. Take a few sips, throw it out. You do that a couple times, you're drunk before the <laughs> podcast even starts. So I thought, you know what? I'll do a beer today. And I, I love the blondes. I mean, your father hates them. He he thinks it tastes like horse pee, although uh -huh. he doesn't, you know, he, his mother told him that one time that she said, beer tastes like horse pee. And he's like, mom, how do you know what horse pee tastes like? <laughs> but he likes the real dark beers. Uh, yeah. real heavy beers. Those like two, IPAs and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't... Stouts, I guess. Yeah, they're too rich for me. I, I don't like those. I like the Corona. I like the light beers, which people make fun of me for, because they're like, why even bother? Just drink water. <laughs> but that's the beer I like. So today I'm having a blonde, and I, I it's very good. I, I love it. It makes me think of the fall. It makes me want football. Yeah, we may have to go out on the deck and watch some old football games again. Yeah, well, you've got the football food for it. The, those I, onion rings are amazing. I do. Just be aware if you make these. I'll post the. I mean, there is no recipe to it. You just take the sli <laughs> thick slices and you wrap bacon around it. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, be sure. aware it takes a ton of bacon. Oh, okay. About a slice and a half of bacon per onion ring. Oh, so, wow you're going to go through some bacon, which is not a problem with me. No, fair enough. Also, like I'm one human, so that probably would work out okay for like one or two people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you and Sid decide to watch football, if we have football this fall, then <laughs> you can make this for football theater. Maybe by then you'll be able to come over to our house. That would be lovely. I'm ready to just come on, which, you know, I might see you in July, probably will see you in July. So by that point, maybe it will be like, oh, okay, let's, let's hang out. Let's just be safe about everything. Blah, 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 blah. And I we'll start doing our podcast. I like the video thing. I don't, yeah. you know, so we can always be on the same camera here. True. And just yeah. talk to the camera and right. do it the same way. We just won't be on the screen the way we are right now. We'll be next to each other 
this way. I mean, it looks like we're sitting on the screen next to each other. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Enough yeah, of yeah. that. <laughs> I have a joke. Oh, oh, of course. Okay. All right, so please. since we're talking about themes and I wanted to use a well-known book as theme, I did a lot with Harry Potter today. Okay. So I have Harry Potter jokes. Oh, good. All right. So why is Mad-Eye Moody such a bad teacher? Why? Because because he can't control his pupils. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One more. Okay, okay. Why does Voldemort love Nagini so much? Why? Because she gives him hugs and hisses. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so we are going to talk about theme in literature. And, you know, I've thought about it before, but I've never really considered it and so this was an interesting episode to research there's actually a lot more going on with theme than i thought yeah so what is theme in literature it is the underlying message or the big idea of your book it's what your story means um, it is the statement that you as the author make about the topics that you want to get across in your book right um, it is the central topic discussed in a literary work. Yeah, and I like all those. I think it covers pretty much what theme is, and I found a couple more, um, a couple more things um, about it that I that I like too. So it also, like I found, it's a critical belief about life that the author is trying to convey in their writing. Um, and I don't know why I like that so much, but something about it grabbed my attention. Okay. Um, and, you know, this belief or idea transcends cultural barriers. It's usually like a universal in nature type of thing. Um, like and we'll love or something. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. So how do you identify what your theme is? How do you, how do you know if you have a theme? So our story's theme shows itself through our character's flaws, through the obstacles that they um, have to, to jump over to try to reach their goals. It usually unfolds naturally as a result of our internal character arc. And we'll probably yeah. do an article, a, a podcast episode on, on arcs, character arcs. We did story arcs, but character arc would be a good one. That'd be a great one. So when you're starting to try to figure out, does my novel have a theme? Or and if you're in the planning stage, will my novel have a theme? Ask right. yourself these questions about your character. Who is my character at the beginning of the story? What are their flaws? Uh, I left out a bunch of stuff that you wanted to talk about. I can I can bring it in later. Okay. I jumped clear over what you were supposed to talk about. <laughs> what are their flaws? What holds them back from happiness or fulfillment? How do these events of my story shape my character for better or uh, worse? And do they overcome their character flaws and the obstacles that are in their way and how do they do that and who is your character by the end of your story yeah so if you answer those questions and look at what your answers are write them down you know use your little notebook that we talked about the writer's journal write it down and you should be able to see if there is a theme there is there right. something, you know, what are these obstacles? Is the obstacle betrayal? Is, you know, what is it that they're trying to overcome? And once you pinpoint that, then you can amplify it in your editing phase. Or if you haven't started writing yet, as you write it, you can plan it out. Right. Go ahead and plan it out. And, and I kind of wanted to, so the stuff that um, you jumped over is more about 
uh, less about the character and their internal arc and more about um, the setting as a whole or the plot as a whole. Um, so if you can identify the plot of the story, you know, what happens, what's the primary conflict, um, how does the author or how do you use characterization, that can also play a role in theme. What ties all of those elements together? Uh, you know, it could be family or love, which, you know, we can yeah. do episodes on that later. Likewise, where does your story begin? Not just like where your character begins, but where is the story starting at um, in terms of setting and the world that you've set it in? Uh, where does it end? Are there large events in the world that affect your character like war? Because that can also lead, like tie into the theme and like the, the theme can tie all of that stuff together. And I think identifying those things, you can kind of get a sense of what the theme is of the story. And then also assess your own point of view. Um, so like the, the choices that your character make, you are the writer, you are influencing their choices um, and what they do. So that can also bring in theme. Now think about talking about setting as a way to move a theme. Think about the D Divergent series because that setting, you're totally entrenched in this type of society that has these, these rigid class structures. That's right. the setting and the feel of the book at the beginning that and the, the setting and the culture of that world moves as well and i think part of that is the theme the theme of overcoming you know making life better um not sitting back and being okay with the same old same old right doing something yeah so that's you're you're right it's not just the characters that do that but the entire culture that entire setting changed as well throughout that series. Yeah, which I think also ties in nicely to what you were saying about the internal character arc, because I think the setting does affect that character arc. It <laughs> just, it, I think it's just a good way to kind of identify what theme you are trying to get across to your readers. Mm -hmm. So how to incorporate this? Um, did I finish what I was talking about when I realized I cut you off? No, there, you mm -hmm. just skipped over um, part E. <laughs> part E. Yeah, now that you've come up with your theme, amplify it. Oh, that's where I was. Okay. Sorry, guys. I, I swear, I, I've had this much beer. I, I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you've reviewed your answers. You've got your writer's journal, and you've done, you've asked your questions. You've come up with, okay, I see what my theme is now. So now you've got to ramp it up. Um, this is more difficult if you're a pantser. Right. than it is if you're a plotter. A plotter is going to probably have a good idea of what the theme is before they even start the book. So they're ahead of the game as far as writing these, amplifying these things in. It's already in their mind, but not always. It does help if you think about it before you write, but sometimes it just happens. Yeah, um, arguably, I feel like it happens most often that way. Like it just mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like even as a plotter, because I've definitely plotted at least parts of my books and even still, like by the end, it, it still is like, oh, this is a theme that's happened here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Without realizing it. Yeah. So if you do realize that, it's, if it's as you're writing, you're realizing, huh, I'm betrayal seems to be coming up a lot or, or whatever, then you can, as you go, incorporate it and amplify it. But after the fact will then help you really pinpoint not just your main theme, but any other little themes. And when you're rewriting or editing your book, then you can amplify or change out or, because if you have too many things going on, you may want to take out a theme. You may want to say, mm, I'm kind of preachy on this one. This, I don't need to be preachy. I can get my point across some other way. Yeah. Um, 
you know, sometimes you don't even realize until several drafts in, you rewrite your books all the time, you, you may end up with a theme that you are realize after the third draft going, huh, this is going to make it so much better. I'm going to make this theme uh, a theme of my book and, right. yeah. and hit it at that point. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one time we went to, um, I think it was Dragon Con, and we were listening to Patricia Briggs uh, talk, and she's the one who's written the Mercy Thompson series. And, you know, she said once that she didn't realize the theme of one of her novels until someone was complimenting her on it and was like, this theme is amazing. I love what you did and like how you incorporated it. And she was like, what? And she was like, well, it's this theme because you titled it this. And she was like, oh, you're right. You're, you're so right. That's the theme of it. And I gave it a, you know, a correct title that like incorporates that theme. And she had no idea, like consciously that she had done that. I think writers do a lot of things subconsciously. We yeah. just know it. this works. This is good. But we don't know why until, like you said, someone else goes, oh, wow, that was an awesome theme. Like, wow. What? Excuse me? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll go with that. Right. Yeah. So how do you amplify it? How do you incorporate it into your story? You can use motifs, which are recurring structure, symbol, or a literary device that helps develop and inform your theme. Um, you can use symbols, symbolism, which can be an image, a character, an object, or a figure that represents something beyond whatever it is just on the surface. Right. Yeah, because I feel like, um, you know, I've seen stories where there's, there's a necklace or something of, of sentiment, and if you keep bringing up that necklace, then that's obviously, oh, it ties me back to my family, or it ties me back to this specific love, or it ties me to my religion, or something like that. Yes, it could be something as simple as a color. Right. The color, yeah. you know, if, if you're dealing with death or depression, you know, the color gray could pop up everywhere. It could, you right. know, you could have the gray storm clouds. I mean, just that that theme of, of depression and lack of color and lack of happiness can be, you know, symbolism can be done that way. Motifs can be done that way as well. Yeah. Characters are probably the biggest way that you're going to get your theme across. They can also represent different aspects of a theme. They can uh, represent the theme altogether. There's a lot of ways you can use your character. It could be their character arc. It could be discussion with other characters. There's any number of ways you can use your, your character. Also, like I said earlier, the, the obstacles that they're having to overcome can help right. portray the theme. Yeah. Um, building a theme doesn't necessarily happen by accident which it does for us, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess I, like we can, like it can be built or it can be, I lost my words. Words are gone. <laughs> well, I, how much have you had to drink? Yeah. Yay, it's not me this time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes even if it happens, even if you realize later in the middle of their book, Oh, this the theme is love or the theme is betrayal. It, after that point, it's not by accident. You, you exactly. intentionally go about incorporating, amplifying, making that message clear. So it might be an accident up to a point, but right. once you realize what it is, then it does that. Now, like Patricia Briggs, she never did realize she had the thing. It just was, you know, and that's me too. I was reading this going, I, I don't, I've never really thought about themes before. Yeah. 
you know how we talked about weaving in past episodes? Yes. I think this is the same thing you would do with theme if you discover it later. And even if you are writing your first draft and know what you're going to do with your theme, you're still going to have to weave some other things in to fix holes and that kind of thing. Yeah, and to bring back your example on like colors, like weaving in different colors for a certain theme, like gray for depression or something like that, like you will have to go back through and, you know, figure out where that color is going to fit best and like weave it in and bring it up here, but not here because of this reason. Right. Um, and bring it up later because it'll have a more powerful impact. And like once your readers like understand that and they're like, oh, I see what they were doing here or potentially mm -hmm. not. It could be subconscious or whatever. Which, it is supposed to be subtle, I think. I mean, I think that's a good thing that you don't realize it because we're not trying to be well at least in the kind of books that I write the urban fantasy just for pleasure I'm not trying to be a literary right yeah beautiful writer where everybody as they're reading it or dissecting you know I just want to tell a good story and yeah. I want to have my reader enjoy this story as it goes from start to finish and so I don't want them stopping and going oh she used gray here that must have meant you know, <laughs> right, whatever. But I think subconsciously to the reader, they are going to pick up on it. Like, well, think about funny. go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, I just came across a meme uh, earlier today or yesterday. I don't remember when, but it's like a Venn diagram. And on one side, you have, you know, what the author meant by saying the curtains are blue. And then on the other side, it's like what the teacher thinks that the author meant by saying that, you know, the curtains are blue. And then the middle, it's like, it's very small overlap. And it's like, the author's like, no, the curtains are just blue. That's all I wanted to say. And the teacher's like, it's blue because they're sad. And no, 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 Yeah, it represents the uh, vast sky and the promise. And the writer's going, no, they're just no, blue. No, no. I like blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was just going to say, think about the TV shows that you watch or series. I know I can't think of any particular ones, but I know I've seen it before where they change the color tone of certain scenes. I think Witcher might have done that, where in the past things were different so that you knew you were in the past and it was prior, you know, but you, and that gets across to us as the reader or the watcher, it means something to us. We soak it up whether we're consciously going, oh, gray means depression or whatever. Right. Um, so I don't necessarily want my readers to, to be thinking about my theme. I want them to be so engrossed in the story that you know, and that it just all works together. Right. Yeah. I'm, I've been recently watching, um, Fear the Walking Dead and there I'm on season four, I think. And they have, they do the same thing where they're, you know, they're in the present and then they're in the past Yeah. and the present is actually dark and dingy and very gray tone. And the past is like bright and like yellow and sunny and all that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. they were having, they were good in the past. Yeah. Um, and they were like doing well in the past and then in mm -hmm. the future, you know, something has gone wrong. Yeah. And so it's all gray and it's dingy and they're all upset and they're sad and everything like that. So that's, that's a, uh, an example of that. That could definitely work with, in books too, with words. Yeah. And I think that's a clever way to do it. And the reader might not realize it. Like we obviously see it yeah. in the TV show, but with the words, it can even be more subtle. And I, I like that. I don't, I don't think you want to be glaring and blatant about it. We're not trying to be literarily perfect at least I, i'm not some people right, are right. some people want to write the great american novel and that is awesome yeah that's just not i want to entertain i want people to come and meet my people that all those millions of people that are in my head i want everybody else to meet them too and enjoy the story that i'm trying to tell 
That's true. I will say I love, um, so I'm a rereader. I read books over and over and over again if they're my favorites. Um, so I love going back through and on like the third reread, I'm like, oh, the author used this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, I never noticed that the first time around. So I love that. Um, you know I'll probably someone who is absolutely brilliant at that, that will probably read her a hundred times and never catch everything she meant is Karen Money. Yes. Yeah. That's, she's exactly like the one that I was thinking of. I mean, how many times had we read before we realized the titles of the chapters meant something? (sighs) She's so good. She is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So yes. And, and there's, you know, you can get your theme across that way too. She used titles to her chapters, which some people are against and some people are for in her series. It's absolutely necessary and insanely perfect. You did it beautifully. Yeah. So, you know, that's another way you can get it through. You can use your plot. You can use conflict, dialogue. All of those things can help you get your theme across. Yeah. So people may be going, well, what is theme? What do you mean? Right. It's things like, good over evil, good always wins, um, or it might be evil always wins. It could be forgiveness, it could be love, um, loss, betrayal, depression. Um, Yes, so that's what we're talking about when it comes to theme. It's this idea that is central to what's going on in your story. And so Harry Potter is a perfect example to talk about because everybody knows Harry Potter. And honestly, there are millions of themes in there. You could, you could dissect her work and make an argument. And she may not even, she may be like Patricia Briggs and go, Oh, I never, never thought about that. But one of the things she said, she said herself that one of her main themes is death. Yeah. She uses that many, many ways throughout the the series. Um, Voldemort wanting to cheat death. Harry's parents died right off the bat. Um, how they deal with death is important. Voldemort being afraid of it and doing anything possible to keep from dying and Harry accepting it. Um, another theme to me in that book is friendship, The, the friendship of those three and the things they go through. And she incorporated that through their interactions, through their actions, through things that happened when they were separate, the plot did it, the, you know, there's any number of ways and what we all learn from reading Harry Potter is that friends are super important in, in someone's life and you need people like that that you can count on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I think is a, you know, a good point. Oh, I'm going to skip over one of your little sections okay. here. But um, I think that's a good uh, point to tie in that there are major themes and then there are minor themes within a story. So you can have like minor themes that are very brief or they just get across um, one kind of thought um, to your readers. And then you have the major theme, which is going to be stretched throughout the entire novel. You'll see um, symbolism and motifs throughout the whole novel for that theme. And I think that, like you said, you could probably go through all the Harry Potter books and find tons of themes Mm -hmm. to just pick apart. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I bet, you know, a lot of those are probably minor themes that kind of happen to you know, one part of a book and she wanted to get across this point and then there are the major themes like death and friendship. Yeah, I mean, the book where um, the nasty lady came to teach, Mm. whatever. uh, Umbridge. um, Umbridge, yeah. Yeah. There were, that book by itself had a particular theme about, you know, the domination of the teachers and the changing of the culture. That was another setting that changed. It went from this wonderful school where you were 
um, taught to explore your visions and learn and, and to being tamped down. And that was interesting. And, and what ended up happening by the end of that book gave us all, re all, all of us readers, the, you know, hooray, you know, there is hope for us all anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Harry Potter is an excellent one to study when you're looking at themes that she was getting across. Right. Um, so you can have a lot more than just one, but you don't want to overwhelm it where I'm going to talk about betrayal and I'm going to, you know, it, you don't want them to all be major themes. Like you said, they need to be, and there's no problem with having lots of minor, just like major plots and minor plots. Right. You can't necessarily have 10 major plots going unless, unless you're a Game of Thrones type That's story. True. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, rules are, as we've said, are all always made to be broken as far as writing goes. There are no set rules, but just yeah. keep these things in mind on how they're going to come across. Yeah. You Definitely. know, who you want your audience to be. Yeah. I think that may have been, was that everything that I have? Yeah. Um, I do have an interview question. Okay. Um, and it's very relevant to the topic. So what okay. are some things in your own writing? Uh, you know, as I researched this, I was trying to figure that out as well. And, you know, freaking fairies, I think the main theme in that one is that you can be ordinary and still be a hero and still do good things. An ordinary person can make a difference. Yeah. I mean, she is just like you and me. She is no different. She has a lot of flaws and she was able to navigate this world and deal with all of these things that, you know, with no magic, no power, no, nothing special about her except for her mouth. Right. And she is able to do it. And all of us can too. Everybody has the power to make change and help other people and do things. So I think that might be the theme in that one. It wasn't something I consciously did. I think that's a great theme. I think it's especially relevant in uh, the times that are going on right now, things that are happening right now. So that's a, yeah, that's a big um, I think Trick, you know, the, the uh, story, the Demon Hunter Trick, I would say that that was a whole lot darker than, than, Beck's story is, but I think her story, her theme is more along the lines of you can learn more about yourself and accept yourself no matter what your flaws are. Yeah. Yeah. Because she finds something out and is devastated and still fights through it and learns to accept herself. Yeah. Which is, I think, going to be an important theme in that one. I'm not done with that one, so I can still amplify it. I can now that I have figured out a theme, I can go and amplify it now. That's right, you can work it in there. What about yours? You got lots of books. I do have lots of books, and I think, like you, I never really thought about. You know, I, I kind of tossed around the idea here and there, like, oh, what's the theme that I'm going to do for this? Oh, I don't know. I have this story that I want to tell, so I'm just going to tell the story first. Mm -hmm. um, so with Mac, I think. I think hers is really about family. It's more family oriented because, you know, she came from the foster care system and Damien is now her family and, and she's trying to collect these people as her family. So there's yeah. a, there's a who comes in who's named Rio and she's got all these friends and she's trying to like keep them close and, and make them a family um, because that's something that she hasn't had before. And then I was thinking about, you know, my Louie and Delaney book, that's probably more about friendship um, and overcoming hardship for them. Their, their stories are very much about overcoming hardship. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the only two that I've like really put thought into it on. 
you know, my, my first book, um, Aiden that I've rewritten now like twice and am working on a third rewrite with is I think hers is more about grief coming over grief, overcoming mm -hmm. grief. I'm yes. not that <laughs> <laughs> so I think grief is probably a main theme in that one. Yeah. So. See, and you can go as you're rewriting that one, there's ways to amplify that, that theme as you go. I think Louie and Delaney, there's, there's a lot of things going on in there. You can be in a sh crappy place. Oh. <laughs> and um, still, you know, Delaney is just an amazing person. Mm -hmm. Things are not, you know, she's not super rich. She doesn't have a lot of things. She's got hardships just like all of us in our lives. And yet she's positive and optimistic and still pushes through. And I love her. And, yeah. you know, that's a, a theme I think in that is that you can, you can persevere just because yeah. your life might be a little bit crappy. That doesn't mean that just because your circumstances might be crappy doesn't mean that you have to be a crappy person. Right. She is right. a very good person, no matter the horrible things that, you know, are going on in her life. All the and rocks I throw at her. You do throw a lot of rocks. And Louie, I think she learns so much from Delaney because she's had a horrible life and is in a really continually horrible place, but has lots of money and has all the things that money can buy. Right. But she is a very unhappy person until she meets Delaney, who teaches her. So I think there's a lot of theme going on in Louie and Delaney. That really is my favorite book of yours. I need to rewrite it. <laughs> Listen, I need the I could improve the style. I'm just saying. And well, if I rewrite it, then I can work in the theme. That's true. I was just about to say you can always now amplify that theme while you're writing it. But there's so many things we can talk about with, with themes. So I'm excited to do more episodes later on yeah. you know, how do you get death and you know what are the images and the imagery and the symbolism that you can use to get death into your story and how do you do it? and what kind of dialogue do you need you know what would be a great way to get the death theme through so Absolutely. i'm excited to do that in the future and we'll do that at some point we definitely should so i, I printed out a new outro because i can never find mine good you should probably like tape it on the wall or something i probably should i probably should Thank you all for listening. We have a blast doing this podcast. It is so much fun. We're getting feedback from people that it really is helping them, which makes me feel so good. I know. I love it. Our website is eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. You can contact us there. You can find links to our social media there. You can find links to things that we promise in these podcasts there. I finally added a little link for that. So when we say, oh, we should do that, that's the link you click and we should have it there like worksheets and things. Um, you can find pictures of all our food and drink. Our social media links are there. We're on Facebook, Twitter, hooray for the writing community, um, Instagram. Our email is there. You can email us through our website so you don't have to worry about trying to remember our email. Leave us a review. We've still got merchandise that we can mail out to you. Just leave us a review, email us, and we'll be glad to ship that out to you. And please support us on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash EDW podcast. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It does cost money to do this. And if we are helpful at all to you, it would be great if uh, you would support us. That would be wonderful. We would love it. So thank you very much. Thanks, guys. <laughs>